Praise God, brother. Praise the God of Israel. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you for fresh oil and new wine. Aren't you glad for the fresh oil? I mean, literally, glad? Because <laughs> it's the oil of joy? Did you know that the anointing of the Messiah is the oil of joy? It's the oil that raises the dead. And they got happy when they were healed. Interesting. So the anointing breaks off every enslaving yoke that keeps you miserable, or poor, or cursed, or religious, or bound, and angry, so serious, worried about money. Oh, the elections, who's gonna win? You know, the Illuminati's got it rigged, dude. All paranoid, schizophrenic on that Alex Jones. Oh my goodness. There's no elections in the kingdom of heaven. He's going to flood you by force. Right through your spirits. Right through your bellies. And it's not going to be a vote. He's just like, King of kings and Lord of lords, release the floods. Release the geysers of God from your guts and blaze through all wombs with the divine child. God is the God that raises the dead. And this is the third day resurrection when all nations are raised. Ezekiel 37 says that God even raises those from a skeletal state. That you'll walk over graveyards and hear the bones rattle. Hmm walking through the catacombs. You go around some of those ancient cathedrals in Europe where the slaves, when they built those Christian churches, they died and they buried them in the walls, like the ancient city walls. And the bones will begin to shake in those church buildings' walls of the dead that are buried in the walls, and they'll come right out of the walls. Hallelujah. Those that are cremated, don't worry. He can reanimate your bodies, breathe into your nostrils. It doesn't matter what happened to you in this world. God is Lord of it. <laughs> it is not confusing for Jesus at all, no matter what kind of confusion you've gone through in this universe, through your nations, through your generations, through your timelines, through your histories doesn't matter. <laughs> He's Lord of all. This is the time, the seventh day, when all nations see, know, and understand and are taught by the Almighty. The term and the name of Almighty given to Jesus, given to the Father, given to the Holy Spirit, means Lord of all. Lord of all. All. All angels, all spirits, all time, all past, present, future, all dimensions, all names that can be named, all celestial bodies, stars and sands, whatever. All means all. <laughs> all light and all darkness, all white and all black, all glory and all non-glory, all religions. Isn't that crazy? Jesus doesn't even care about your stupid religions. He doesn't care about your stupid politics. 
he called Herod that sly fox. I mean, it was almost like he was lived in such a different world in his mind that he had no fear of the enemy whatsoever. He had no concern about what the dead were doing in Herod's temple and dead men's bones and and those buildings made by human hands. He didn't sweat it. (laughs) The only reason why he got angry and overturned the money changers' tables is because they were selling doves. They were selling the Holy Spirit. They were selling the anointing. (laughs) Can the anointing be bought and sold? Have you ever bought an MP3? You ever bought a book at Barnes & Noble from a ministry? Can the anointing be bought and sold? I think you can answer that question for yourself since you've all bought and sold the anointing, every one of us. Me too. I repented many years ago. But we've been selling doves. Mm. And they're still not done. They're still stinking it up all the way to the high heavens and justifying it. Well, I live in Babylon. We need paper money. We need currency. Sure. Well, you just forfeited having a lot more of it. That's your reward, says Jesus. Since you bought and sold doves, what you've received from it will be a reward. But those that obeyed perfectly, everything will be added unto them. Everything you work for in the curse, you get some rewards for it. I mean, when you work by the sweat of your brow and you work under the curse of the law and you work by flesh and blood and you work by the law of Moses and you work by the false prophet and you work by the beast of the flesh and you work by the red dragon and the starlight in your human brains, you get a little rewards in this life. You get a happy, clappy little family. Kids are fed. You got a nice marble countertop in your kitchen. You're grooming your horses and you're going and having fun on vacations and you're doing some stuff. No doubt about it. But that's your reward, says the Lord. But those that serve the anointing and the fresh oil, they haven't got any rewards. This is the rich man in Lazarus. It's true. Because when you serve the anointing, you get treated like crap because they use all of that fresh oil for themselves instead of for the Father. It's true. The foolish virgins stole from the wise virgins and enjoyed the luxuries of this life nonstop. They had their rewards in this world. But the wise virgins served the oil. They hadn't had any rewards yet. I mean, these are the true par- parables of the New Testament. The rewards of the wise virgins was entering the bridegroom's chambers into the fullness of deity in bodily form, into the perfection of the new covenant and the total transfiguration of their hearts and minds and the enjoyment of celestial flesh and living a thousand-year life on earth, which is living a day in the Lord. The generation that lives a day in the Lord is already here. Satan knew we were coming, that's why... Roe versus Wade happened. He tried to kill the generation that was predestined foreordained to usher in the seventh day that would live a day in the Lord. He killed the scientists. He killed the businessmen. He killed one out of three of me in the USA since the 70s. But he couldn't kill the priests because our destiny scroll was too strong. And God bless them. But I tell you the truth, they tried to kill me many times, even while I was in the womb even while I was in the womb. As soon as I came out of the womb and I was born in Friday Harbor, San Juan Island in 1981, 
August 6th, my mom said there was demons growling around my crib, pissing off the kingdom of hell as a little tiny baby. Isn't that crazy? True story. You can add my mom as your Facebook friend. She'll testify to everything I say here today. My dad deleted his Facebook. Bless his heart. Jesus. It's wonderful doing ministry with your parents having come through hell. And we do. We do ministry together now. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. God heals our families. He raises the dead. We were so dead in rebellion. We were so dead in religion. We were so confused in Babylon the Great. And the Holy Spirit led us into all truth. Oh yeah. To be seated on the throne of grace. To be seated and have our minds in agreement with the throne of grace in our belly. To be no longer external. To be no longer fed the lies of the false prophet, the external prophets to be no longer submitted to the beast or the mark of the beast, which is the flesh, and to be no longer subservient to Satan's stars, which is the red dragon of the human light, but to live in the glory light, to have overcome the world, to sit with him on his throne. At breakfast this morning, it was total mayhem everywhere because we're releasing a level of grace that's unknown. It's really an unknown level of grace that the world's never seen before, and it's going through everyone's spiritual stomachs and it's causing all kinds of wild manifestations everywhere. Everywhere we go, it's complete and total wildness. And it was, they were breaking pots all over the place, spilling water all over the place. I mean, I'd never seen so much spilled water in a restaurant. It was like small floods going through there, stuff falling and breaking all over the place because they're getting hit so hard in their spirit that their heart and their mind and everything that can be shaken is being shaken. You're raising them from the dead and they're holding on to the dead stuff in the natural dimension. It's like, nah, throwing the grace here. We're going to raise graveyards from the dead. Might as well start with you dead people that are still breathing. Hallelujah. If we start with the dead that are breathing and the death of the beast and the death of the false prophet and the death of the red dragon and raise them, It'll be easy to walk through graveyards and you know the cremation places and just put their put their bodies back together. Easy. Do you understand the glory can do anything? The king of glory, it's not even hard for him. He just partners with your faith and he'll never do anything beyond your faith. Faith is a mustard seed. Faith is a tree of life in your spirit. Jesus taught that your faith grows. He equated faith to a plant or a tree. You start with little faith and you grow your faith. Jesus even grew in faith. Jesus kicked out all the unbelievers and raised the girl from the dead, Talitha Kumi. I say to you, daughter arise. Later on, he had so much confidence from raising the little girl from the dead. He was mocking all the doubters when he went to Lazarus. He was even sipping tea, waiting for his body to decompose a little more, and he waited to the fourth day so they couldn't reason it away. And went and just come out. He mummified, floated out, levitating. Ha ha, take off his grave clothes. Oh my God, we have seen the resurrection. And they hardened their hearts even still. This Bible says 
They hardened their hearts because they're the sons and daughters of Satan. It wasn't about the miracle signs and wonders. It was about the allegiance to the external kingdom of Satan or the internal kingdom of heaven. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is within you. I have been walking this walk for 19 years. Only those that are loyal to Christ in them have ever rejoiced with me, have ever had fellowship with me. The ones that are faithful to Satan's kingdom, it doesn't matter what we say, how many people are healed from stage 4 cancer, how many Elijah whirlwinds, how many breakthroughs, none of it. They'll always reject you. They'll always hate your guts. They're faithful to their father, Satan. There's two kingdoms in this world, two trees in the garden. And the valley and the chasm is widening between those two, the wise and foolish. <laughs> I want everyone to be safe. We'll pray for them. What, are we going to weep over the dead? Did Jesus Christ ever once weep over the dead? No, he rejoiced over the dead. He said, let the dead bury the dead. God is the God of the living, not the dead. Those that want to participate in ritualism, externalism, the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. Guess what happens in Revelation? He says, let those that are wicked continue being wicked. Let those that are holy continue being holy. Because the kingdom is a gift to It's not a force of religion. Your problem is you're so external, you try to force it upon others. This thing's a resurrection whirlwind in our bellies. This is royalty. This is the divine nature. It's a gift, and it's so precious that if people want to be dumb, let them be dumb, the Revelator teaches. People want to be smart, let them be smart. You can do whatever you want, but the best thing that there is here to do in this world is serve Christ in you and not he who's in the world. The greatest thing is the development of your spirit, growing in the wine, growing in the oil, growing in strength, reading the Word, feeding your spirit the Word, growing in stature, growing in heights, the heights of your olive tree. Supreme fruitfulness of the heights of your spirit tree of life. This is your spirit. The new covenant is your spirit partnered with God's spirit to grow your spirit as an olive tree. As it's written, I'm fruitful like the olive tree. May you multiply like the olive tree. All these verses about the olive tree. Romans chapter 11, Israel is called the olive tree. Israel means prince with God or son of God. Oh, you're the sons of God, then you're Israelites. What is this, a religious term of the white magic of Freemasonry? What are you, Zionists? Are you religious fanatics? These terms are to be applied in the spirit, in the anointing, in the treasure house of the fresh oil, and in the wine cellar of the new wine of the kingdom of heaven within you. But you have made them religion and rituals. You have made them demonic. You have made them of no power. That's what it means to deny the power thereof. <laughs> they deny the oil and wine. They want the rituals because when it's ritualistic, it's still about me, 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 me. It's selfish. It's the mark of Cain. It's the mark of the beast. It's the wickedness of this world. But when it's about the wine and oil, it's all about Christ because Christ is the wine and Christ is the oil. Drink the blood of 
Christ, it is written. Don't plead it. Not one verse in the New Testament. Plead the blood. Never. Drink the blood. The blood is to be drunk. The blood is the glory of God. The life is in the blood. The river of life proceeds from the throne of the Lamb. He's transfigured. When you drink the blood of the Lamb, you're drinking the glory of God. The cup of the new covenant is the cup of glory. Drink it, all of you. Amen. So that all Jezebel and all Leviathan and all the devils and demons of this world and all the externalism of the red dragon, the false prophet, and the deception of the beast, as if the human nature and the human flesh could ever do anything for God. This is an earthen vessel. And your body's full about full with whatever you think about. <laughs> People think about disease for eight hours a day and they wonder why they're sick. If you think about things that are above, things that are lovely, lovely, Philippians 4, 8, things that are wonderful, things of the kingdom realm, things of the Lamb on the throne, things of the kingdom of heaven, guess what? You'll be totally whacked out of your mind on the oil and the wine all the time. But if you're thinking, worrying about money, then you always have lack. If you're working for money, thinking about money, striving for money, the root of all evils in my heart, Never enough! You'll always be sad. You'll always be jealous. You'll always be envious. You'll always be strifeful. You'll always be competitive. You'll always be a mark of a beast, is what you are. But once you're satisfied on Christ, then, ah, my cup overflows with oil and wine. I'm a temple of Christ. Not this universe of stars and sands. Get those stars and sands out of your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. If there's stars and sands in your body, there's no question how demonized you are. It's just how many demons are in you. How many demons do we need to cast out of you? How many devil's lies do we need to circumcise out of your heart and mind? Usually it's like millions. But guess what? The sword of spirit can do it instantly. When I got born again, I was so full of lies. I believed in Darwinism. I, there was no God. I had gone to Catholic school, so I'd hardened my heart into death at, You know, later on. And I believed, well, if that's Christianity, there's no God. I mean, they completely convinced me at a young age, God is dead. Okay? And so, and so it's just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That's pretty much it. And so that was my belief systems. God struck me dead as an unbeliever. Struck me. I was paralyzed for two hours. Four pastors carried me hand and foot. So it's not so much even your faith. It's Christ's faith in you that raises you from the dead. I had zero faith, was an unbeliever, believed in Darwinism, and, and thought God was dead and was paralyzed. October 15, 1999, downtown Minneapolis. And it had nothing to do with the, the stupid program either. As soon as I left that place, it went into dead religion like it was before. It's all about Christ. Most of these Pharisees, Christ uses them for a minute, and then they just go back into being a Pharisee. And God can turn up the grace in people and turn it down according to your hearts and minds. I tell you the truth. Not that God uses you and disposes you, but you're so carnally minded, He can only use you to the measure of your faith. And then He can't even use you beyond what you believe because higher grace than your current measure of grace, you always condemn as the devil. They've gone too far. We'll kick them out of the denomination. We'll kick them out of the church. 
excommunicated. Well, the best people are. John the Baptist was. Jesus Christ was. Every single person that followed Jesus Christ and Matthew, Mark, Mark, Luke, and John was kicked out of the synagogue. Everyone that follows Jesus Christ in this resurrection power, you'll be kicked out of your church. It's only a matter of time. Amen? Because your olive tree will grow higher than the top of the church building. I mean, I watched Bethel Church, Redding, California, excommunicate Jason Westerfield, you know, 10 years ago. Give me a break. All the best charismatic churches have done it. And who cares about all the drama in the church? I mean, it's the biggest soap opera of all time. But I'm telling you guys, God's going to rip the roofs off your churches. God is going to totally excommunicate you for your good. That's what the Bible says when it says, Come out of her, my people. Come out of the whore of Babylon. Come out of buildings made by human hands. Come into having an open heavens and an open earth in the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah, the apostolic anointing oil and the prophetic new wine given to your spiritual stomachs without measure so that you can raise your whole city from the dead into heavenly Jerusalem. When Jesus taught kingdom, he said cities had elevations. Capernaum, will you go up into the heavens? Will you rise and ascend the heights? No, you'll be cast down. Sodom will have it better than you. He spoke of spiritual elevations of cities. You can raise your whole city from the dead since you have heavenly Jerusalem in your belly. And I planted you as a peg in your city to raise your city up into heavenly Jerusalem. And you'll deal with every single thing citywide as you raise your city from the dead. And then you'll be the king and lord of that city in the name of Jesus Christ. For that is the kingdom of heaven message. We raise cities from the dead and that's why the blueprint of the, of the city of heavenly Jerusalem, the kingdom of heaven, is in the book of Revelation. Since it's written, it's for you now to raise your city. And those that are stuck in buildings, Bethel's the best example, as the highest growing crime rate, rate of any city, top 10 in the United States of America. And they have been the leaders of the charismatic church. Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, right in California. Bless their hearts. I love them. So I'll rebuke them because they're wrong. <laughs> they have the highest growing crime rate. Minneapolis? goes down every year. Down, 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 down. And they still can't figure out why. It's because the kingdom of heaven is raising Minneapolis into the third heaven. Into heavenly Jerusalem. This is real kingdom. Church is not kingdom. Even the best churches are not kingdom and can never be kingdom. City is a minimum level requirement for basic apostles and basic prophets. Every single place in the New Testament. City. City, 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 every book to a city, every single church, a city, every church is a city at a minimum level as we enter the kingdom age. And you are pioneering it. And you are breaking through all the constraints of the externalism of the beast, flesh, the false prophet that feeds the lies, externalism, and the red dragon of Satan's stars that binds them in the dirt. Those are the three things you cast off your city into the lake of fire for your city to be raised from the dead into heavenly Jerusalem for the kingdom age to begin. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.